Hi, uh, this is Julia, um, one half of Everything's Coming Up podcast, and um, this is a special bonus episode that we recorded in honor of Father's Day. Um, We both called our dads, and we had each our own equally adorable conversation about, um, you know, how The Simpsons played into our lives when we were growing up, and how, you know, we have great memories with them about The Simpsons and about comedy in general. And, um, yeah, I hope you guys like it. All right. Bye. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Travis Gertz. And Everything's Coming Up Podcast. (laughs) Thank you very much for indulging me in that. Oh, it's quite a treat. Uh, so today I am interviewing my dad, Travis Gertz, uh, about The Simpsons. Hi, Dad. How's it going? It's going good, Allie. <laughs> it's going well, okay. Allie. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, happy Father's Day. Thanks. You had a nice Father's Day so far? It's been a great Father's Day. I've had a lovely time. Oh, good. I feel the same way. Good. Uh, so what we are doing on the podcast that is a little different, is instead of talking about one episode in particular, we're going to just talk about The Simpsons in general. Oh, good. Uh, so I'm currently in my dad's house, and I am looking at a big selection of Simpsons DVDs, uh, which true. I have very fond memories of watching with my dad. Uh, and now I'm just going to talk to you like I'm talking to you, instead of okay. <laughs> just the audience. That's fine. Uh, it's only seasons one through ten, by the way. I think that's the way to go for for well, most of our listeners, at least. People tell me that it got funny again later, but we, I feel like I don't have enough time to figure <laughs> out when that funny point happened in the next ten years. That's just too much. How so? For me. Was there um, was there a natural time that you dropped off? Was there a reason that ten stopped being when you watched it? When in addition did to when it was Mod Simpson? Not Mod Simpson. When did Mod Flanders die? I think that must have been shortly after. I remember... Maybe. I hated that, and I thought, this is dumb. Why? Why? I don't know. Maybe it was because of the way they hyped it and all of the ads. I, it just it got to be stupid. <laughs> the jokes were dumb. I started hating it when everything was over the top and things that... Like, I appreciate the fact that The Simpsons is a cartoon, and you want things that are not cartoon-like to happen. But when things got so ridiculous it was that was not fun for me i stopped appreciating the humor in certain outlandish situations i like uh i like humor that's just humor i don't like situational humor it's not funny to me when someone is stuck in a situation that is supposedly humorous yeah like the the i want to watch groucho and chico talk up against (laughs) a brick wall i don't care that there's a war going on Exactly. Matter. You you shouldn't, or I guess some of the best moments of The Simpsons are ones that I could retell you right now, and it could be from almost any episode. It right. doesn't really matter what was happening in the plot. That was uh, that was Chet, yeah. uh, our our cat. Um, what are well, okay? So you were how old when you started watching The Simpsons? The Simpsons premiered on my nineteenth birthday. Your actual birthday? My actual birthday, December 17th, 1989, I guess. No, that was my 20th birthday, I guess. Oh, wow. My 20th birthday was when the official Simpsons show started. We watched, of course, when it was still Tracy Ullman, and they were in the shorts, and 
my friends and I, when we found out that Simpsons was getting their own show, we were super excited. Uh, what did you think of the uh, pilot versus the Tracy Ullman sh shorts, which were pretty different from each other? Um, I guess maybe... They weren't really. If you go back and look, like the, the Tracy Ullman stuff was crude, for sure. Uh, you know, crude in production, I mean, I guess crude in... <laughs> uh, by the day's standard, it was considered crude TV, but at any point... Um, I loved it. I just thought, oh, this is awesome. They obviously have a budget now. They can do more of what they want to do. So it was exciting because you got to see a half hour of funny versus, you know, the one to two minutes that they were getting on the Tracy Ullman show or whatever, the, however long those little bits were. Uh, do you remember where you were or what, this, uh, what the environment was like when you watched The Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire, their first episode that they aired? Uh, I was watching it in the apartment we lived in when you were born, and it was about a year before you were born. Well, a year and a half, maybe? Something like that? So I remember The Simpsons being on my entire life. And <laughs> not just, you know, existing, but I remember it being a big part of growing yeah. up. Yeah, well, it was. We watched it a lot. You know, I, your sisters and I would watch. I mean, I used to, I remember... With Rebecca in particular, your next eldest sister, I remember with her, she's very smart and very school focused. I remember having to tell her, hey, <laughs> put the books down. Let's, let's sit and watch The Simpsons. Uh, that's funny. I, I remember, <laughs> so it works the different way for me. I remember I was in the bathtub once and I was small enough so that I could kind of like push myself against the different walls to make waves in the bathtub. Sure. And I remember I was doing that, and I got the water all over the bathroom floor, and you came in and you just said, like, well, now we don't get to watch The Simpsons tonight unless you clean this up in time. And it was just like, it's already 7.45 and it starts at 8. <laughs> uh, so for, for the less, uh, I guess, studious... Jessica means called for drastic measures. <laughs> for the less studious, it was a... It was, we're, we're going to take this away from you if you don't do a good job. And for Rebecca, it was, well, it wasn't that stop doing such a good job. <laughs> it wasn't that she didn't love it. It's just that she would be, you know, ensconced in what she was doing. <laughs> Probably learning words like ensconced. Maybe. Um, what, is, what is just your, your history with the show? I mean, you taught it to me, and I bet wouldn't have guessed that it would have become such a massive no, it's part of my life. You, um... You don't realize, I mean, I did certainly didn't realize when I was watching it at the time. Firstly, I was a very young adult when it started. And you just, you don't think when you're watching something like that, oh, this is going to continue to be a huge phenomenon <laughs> throughout history. You just, it, you know, you, I remember thinking, oh my God, I hope this show gets a second season. It's going to be so awesome. I really hope it does. Because... At the time, they weren't doing that great in the ratings. I mean, there was a bit where they, they kind of struggled. And there were a lot of, I know they had censorship issues, and they were, like, I remember Bill Cosby outrightly saying The Simpsons is bad because Bart is a bad kid and stuff like <laughs> that. And, you know, and I love the Cosby show. That's all great stuff. But, um, you know, it's just they're very different styles of humor. It was The Simpsons was a very edgy show at the time. So there was some concern about whether they were going to be allowed back on. And we were very excited every season when they were like, oh, yes, <laughs> another one. 
Uh, a lot of parents, uh, including kids that I went to school with, were not allowed to watch The Simpsons. Yeah. And I remember thinking that that was so sad. I mean, for me, it was just so clear that, well, you know. It's frustrating. As an adult, I'm able to say it's so clear that this is a good show for kids because it teaches you a lot of morals, but it's also just teaching you how to be funny. But as it was on for you, were you thinking about it too much in that in that landscape of appropriateness or inappropriateness? No, I would have conversations with other parents, um, and they would talk about the things that they didn't let, didn't let their kids do. And Simpsons would come up, and they would say, no, we won't let our kid watch The Simpsons, but we'll let our kid watch something horrible and violent. And I, I never got that. I never understood how how acerbic and funny <laughs> is more detrimental than watching people shoot each other for an hour. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, The Simpsons teaches you a lot. It's A, as you said, how to be funny. The cultural references are, if nothing else, will at least pique your curiosity so that maybe you'll go and find what, what it is they're spoofing or what they're referencing, and then that will lead you down this further rabbit hole, you know, and you get to, there's this whole exciting treasure of stuff that that leads to, so, I don't know, I, why you wouldn't expose your kids to something like that, I'll never know. Uh, Julia and I, uh, on the podcast, talk a lot about how we're part of the Good Dads Club, in that we both just... That's questionable. <laughs> we both just have, uh, we consider ourselves to be daughters of, of people that just really rooted for us and wanted us to be... Uh, well-developed, funny, smart kids, and I think a big part of that was the stuff that you were showing us. Yeah, that could be. I think that could be viewed two ways. Firstly, I think that every parent wants that for their kids. I think we all approach it differently. Everybody, you want your kids to do better and be better than yourself. That's the ultimate goal from, you know, a parenthood standpoint. And evolution, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I guess there's some inherent bit to that, too. But, um, you know, a lot of people would criticize at the same time and say, wow, you kind of spoon-fed your daughter <laughs> some stuff, which I don't think I did, if you were to ask me. I think I exposed you to things that you were, that you had access to, and I didn't expose you to other things. Right. Um, I don't think, at the time, I don't think I was as vocal about, say, hey, you're not allowed to watch Saved by the Bell. <laughs> I don't think I actively said that out loud, but if I knew it was on and we were flipping around, I'd skip that channel. Right, or things Disney like... Disney Channel, for sure. Disney, the Disney Channel was poison for children, as far as I'm concerned. I remember, I remember you teaching me how to use the remote, and you said you, you dial 37 <laughs> for Nickelodeon, 49 for Nick at Night, or 11 for Fox when The Simpsons yeah. is on. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And I never learned 43, which was the Disney Channel. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I, I didn't watch any Disney shows. Um, now it's gotten a little different, but... I tried skipping Barney when you were a kid. Oh, I loved Barney. You, know, you messed up on that. <laughs> well, we would trip up every now and again, and it would just stumble <laughs> across. And no regrets there, really. He wasn't such a horrible thing. Oh, I loved him. Yeah. Um, I think that there are elements of Barney that are made fun of in The Simpsons a few times, just with their puppets. Several. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what are, so, you know, I have these memories of watching the show as it was on, to my knowledge, but 
more likely than not, I was watching stuff in syndication because I was very young. You were mostly watching in syndication. Only Sundays was it new, and that was, you know, sometimes we'd hit it, sometimes we wouldn't. But our family routine, and Rebecca will corroborate, Jennifer will as well, it was uh, Simpsons Jeopardy Simpsons for the longest <laughs> time. That's a great sandwich. It was. It was great. I don't know, I don't know what, it, what Fox did in syndication, but they would split it. So they had something on in between. We would switch to Jeopardy, of course. So when Simpsons, watch that show anymore. In recalling this right now, I'm thinking, wow, we probably should have spent more time out of doors. <laughs> but we get to watch the Simpsons did. go outdoors. Yeah, that's true. Also, uh, I mean, it might have been good in some ways, but that's what summer is for when the Simpsons is no longer on. I mean... Oh, we, we did it in summer, too, though. <laughs> Well, um, I mean, I I just have so many memories looking at these DVDs of, mm-hmm. you know, during lunch, eating Fritos, having Something sandwiches. Something has my season four, by the way, which makes me angry <laughs> because it is the best season. Okay, let's talk about that. A lot of people would say that, like, later seasons, like season eight, uh, are the best seasons. Do you remember what uh, episodes you particularly like, or was it just the writing in general in that season? Everything about season four seems to be hitting across everything the uh you got to flesh out some of the the uh, tertiary characters a little bit you definitely got to know the simpson family a little better the writing seemed to be top-notch at that point the production like the the actual animation effects and style were great the visual jokes were as good as ever if not better than any other season so i don't know yeah, that kind of stuff. I mean, season four, I think, uh, is when... I have to look at a thing that actually said what's on it, I don't remember. But this, is, this is the only episode so far of the podcast where we don't have our Simpsons guidebooks, which can be very helpful. But the yeah, season four is when, uh, I believe, Josh Weinstein and Bill Oakley start as showrunners. They might have come in third Maybe. season, but Conan has already kind of... Conan's there, I know for sure, still, season four. Yeah, and uh, I remember there were moments watching the show where you would point out to me, that's a Conan joke. You know, uh, yeah, sometimes you can tell. Sometimes you can tell. It was interesting when he first started his talk show. I remember uh, when he was introduced by Lauren Michaels. And, you know, you didn't know him. No one knew him when, when you actually saw him speak. You're just like, okay, well, we know that this guy wrote and produced Simpsons and did... Uh, some SNL stuff, and I remember clearly during his um, whatever press thing that they did, where they were announcing that he was a talk show host, thinking, this guy's a writer. He <laughs> talks like a writer. His jokes, he he spells out scenes like a writer does. It's not this guy is not an in front of the camera guy yet. Yes. And that was uh, uh, proved to be <laughs> accurate for at least a couple of you know episodes of his talk show. What are some episodes of The Simpsons? No, no, please. Uh, What are some episodes of The Simpsons that you would call your favorite, or what are the ones that you would put on to show someone who maybe doesn't know The Simpsons that well? There's so many good ones. There's uh, I don't know the names. Or you could just say the plot. Yeah, what is it? Is it uh, Marge versus the monorail? Is that that one? Yeah. I don't remember. The monorail episode. Uh, And you and I went to the uh, Hollywood Bowl and got to see Conan actually sing that. Which was awesome. (laughs) Uh, you know, that's, that's an instance of a reference that you might miss if you don't know anything about musical theater. You know, you have the Music Man, uh, which I was in twice in middle school, and then yeah. I got when Very I was good in... good at, by the way. Oh, hey, thanks. 
I didn't get until I was in middle school that that's what the monorail was. Right. Um, and uh, every joke in that is fantastic, but the song in particular. Also, uh, I call the big one Bitey, I think is from. <laughs> that is <my> episode. <laughs> yeah, that's a great joke. Uh, something that I uh, called you out on previously was uh, Jonah Ray talked to us about the episode uh, Das Bus. And <laughs> the memory I have of that is this is syndication, so we already know what happens. And I said, this has, the, this has the episode where they say, I'm so hungry I can eat at Arby's. And you said, yeah, but you talked over Zeppelin rules. <laughs> <laughs> Which was not right. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, I love that. There are certain jokes where I I remember laughing for fifteen minutes solidly, <laughs> uh, and they're they're not even like that funny. They right. Just, they hit you at the time. I don't remember what season this is, but even the uh, it's and uh, the Family Guy kind of took it and ran with it. But where Sideshow side Bob steps <laughs> on the base. <laughs> And I, it's like 26 <laughs> rakes or something. It's a ridiculous number of rakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the Simpsons has so many different kinds of humor. And it's interesting to see that you can have an entire show that kind of uses just one of them or just a few of them. Well, it's, it was always interesting, too, like when you were talking earlier about how parents kind of would be worried about their kids. They were only picking up on one level of the Simpsons. They were looking at fart jokes and things <laughs> like that and saying, this is not for kids. But then they're missing out on like, all of these other levels of humor and different types of humor that the Simpsons was so good at employing. And the Simpsons does a great job of showing bad behavior that is then punished. Uh, well, yes and no. There were, <laughs> you know, as, uh, yeah, I would say that, yes and no. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Right. Are there are there any other episodes other than the monorail that kind of come to mind? Yeah. Uh, when Homer stays home from church. I love that episode. That's one of my favorites. I'm trying to think of why, but I don't remember. I, I think that's something very exciting. Um, did, did you experience that? Were you a church goer, really? I mean, I wasn't really growing up, in, unless I spent the night at a kid's house on a Saturday or went with one of our uncles. Right. Yeah, no, you got the more enlightened uh, period. You got post-churchy. <laughs> no, I went to, uh, when I was a kid, we weren't super churchy. I went to Sunday school, my sister and I would go, but I think that was more of my parents kind of just wanting us out of the house for a little bit. We would walk ourselves and walk ourselves home. I was like three, <laughs> four maybe. Um, and then later, I went. Uh, I went to like vacation Bible school with my friends. I had my Baptist friends where we'd go to his church, and they I, they tried to scare us, you know, with puppets about hell <laughs> and stuff. Like it was, you know, I didn't care for that. I went to Catholic church with my friend Chris for uh, a year or two. Um, that made me angry because, you know, you have to go to seven years of school before they'll let you eat the cracker and <laughs> the grape juice. So that kind of tells you where they are. And um, their food budget is really small. Yeah, no, they're wealthy. They just want to make sure that you're, you know, uh, swallowing everything, I guess, <laughs> so to speak. So there was that. And then, yeah, I went to Methodist church a little bit. That's, you know, that's where I met your mom. 
So, but I'm wondering, yeah, I, I mean, I guess it could be this, it could be your job, it could be school, it could be church, mm-hmm. but there is something very satisfying about someone who's just like, you know what, I'm just not going to go. Yeah, well, especially because church is as accurately, very accurately depicted in The Simpsons as painfully boring. <laughs> it's just a horrible way to spend a perfectly good weekend, uh, morning, and early afternoon. Would so there are just so many other things that you could do that are so much more fun. So at least in that episode, there seems to be some similarities with Homer, but would you say that he's the character that you identify the most with on the show? I don't know that I ever thought of myself as identifying with any of the characters on the show, really. I mean, you identify with all of them at points, just because some of the some of the stories, you know, there's a poignancy to a lot of The Simpsons, especially. That was another thing that kind of got lost, I think, around season 10 or just after, was all of the kind of the niceness seemed to go away for a little bit there, which kind of bummed me out. So, yeah, I think that, you know, like with any good storytelling, you identify with whichever character they're showing you at the time, in some way or another. Sometimes it's Lisa, sometimes it's Bart, sometimes it's Homer, sometimes it's Marge. You know, you just kind of, whoever it is, there's something that you can kind of relate to. Uh, some of the episodes that I like the most are, are definitely the ones that rely so much on heart and, you know, sadness. Um, are there moments that you remember The Simpsons really making you feel something other than just laugh really hard? Yeah, there were a bunch of times. I mean, it's, it's hard, again, because we're not looking at a book. Sure, of course. That's telling you what the episodes are. I'm having a hard time recalling right now. But, yeah, there were, there was tons of that. Well, we were talking earlier about, which was it? when Homer and Marge go to the prom, oh, or when, I love that. when Homer doesn't go to the prom, rather, and he's walking on the side of the road and, you know, gets mud splashed on him and all that. You know, once I, once I get in this car, I'm going to hug you exactly. and I'm going to kiss you and I'm never going to let you go. That stuff. Perfect example. Or even some of the kind of heartbreaky stuff where, uh, like, Millhouse's dad with the can I borrow a few stuff. Sad. Funny, but still, you're like, oh, poor guy. Um... I guess there wasn't that long that The Simpsons was on that you weren't already a dad. You know, you, mm-hmm. I guess you've always been a dad since The Simpsons has been on because of my two sisters. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, people that are my age and Julia's age kind of have gone from, you know, viewing Homer and Bart as the most fun characters. And, you know, we didn't really care about Marge and Lisa because they were kind of just nags. Mm-hmm. And then you get older, and then you realize how funny and nuanced these characters are. Yeah. And it's been very fun. And I wonder if that's something that you experienced, too, where you felt one way about a character, and then in, in your own experiences have kind of changed your opinion on these uh, way that they're represented. Hmm. I'm trying to think. You know, I don't, I don't think I had really any, like, a biases toward or against any given characters. I think you you just you go in knowing these are great writers, this is a funny show, I know I'm going to be entertained regardless of what is going to appear in front of me. So you're just always welcoming of whatever it is you're going to do. That's what's funny is because uh, when I was watching it, like it was just a family. Like I didn't really know that they were writers. I didn't know, yeah. I mean, you know, I didn't think that they were real people, but you don't really think about... No, you get into the story. You're just being entertained. And you think Homer's funny. You don't think that... The guy who wrote Homer's <laughs> yeah. lines is funny. No, of course. And that's, you know, even as an adult, you feel that way. You still think that way. And that's what's 
that's how you can tell if a show or a movie is good. If you're not thinking about how it's made, then I think they've succeeded. Yeah, that's something that Josh Weinstein said. He, we were asking him about other shows that he watches and how sometimes he will think, like, oh, I would have done this or I would have done that. But when it's a good show, it's the last thing on his mind. Exactly. Yeah, as soon as they can transport you somewhere else, then I think you're all set. What are your closing thoughts on this show in terms of our relationship and how we have bonded over the show? Well, I mean, it's just been a source of fun and enjoyment. It's just been... It's been a fun thing to be able to share. I, I like that. I like that I have very positive memories of you being tiny and sitting in my lap <laughs> watching The Simpsons and us being grown-up adults sitting and watching The Simpsons. It's just, it's timeless and, you know, nothing but positive as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I know that you put a lot into, you know, fostering this fun experience for us both. We collected the toys, like the interactive toys you could oh, get. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you spent lots of money on on nurturing this obsession of mine. Yeah, that might have been unhealthy. <laughs> well, I mean, I Not am now hosting a Simpsons podcast and writing songs about the Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, it is something that I have put a lot of... Gotta go with what you love. Yeah. What you know. <laughs> put a lot of love into. Um, and I'm, I can't imagine my life without the Simpsons. And I'm just so glad that we got to and continue to have this affection and love for it together. It's one yeah, of the too. one of the most positive aspects of my life. It's nice. Well, I think that wraps it up. <laughs> um, this is a question that puts some people on the spot, and I'm going to do it anyway. If you okay. could, if you could give someone a a lesson that you could write as Bart on the blackboard. So at the beginning of every episode, he has this little, you mm -hmm. know. I will, blah, blah, blah. Uh, what piece of advice could you give listeners uh, just from your own experience, either on this particular episode or in your own life? What do you, what do you mean? If you could give any piece of advice to our listeners, what would it be? I have no advice. <laughs> Absolutely none. I'm going to edit that out then. That's fine. <laughs> Um, so I will end with, let me think. Yeah, what could I possibly advise somebody on? Anything. Oh, I got nothing. Oh, you've given me tons of advice. Well. All right, let me think about it. Any of it work? Use that. <laughs> Let's me think if I had to end. What did I say before the blackboard? Oh, that wraps it up. Okay. Well, thank you so much for doing this interview with me. Yeah. Especially since it was so on the spot. But fun. Uh, I love you. I love the Simpsons. <laughs> but thank you so much, and I love you, and happy Father's Day. I love you too. Thanks. wanted to talk to you about uh, The Simpsons and how, um, you know, that affected, uh, you know, my upbringing and, and your sense of comedy and, like, you know, our connection over it and how hard we've laughed over certain jokes. Like, um, you know, Willie hears, yeah, Willie don't care, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think that that was, like, a big uh, why, part. Why do you want to do this? What? what? 
Are you recording it now? I'm recording it now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we live in the future, and I'm able to record. <laughs> That's why I'm calling you from my computer. <laughs> oh, uh, hello. Okay. Hi. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Welcome I mean, to the show. This, uh, you and I both talked about that this is, uh, this is, um, I mean, at the time that it came out, the show had come out, um, I would say between, I would say Seinfeld and Simpsons, you and I talked about this, uh, maybe I talked to Katie about it, it was probably the most creative 23 minutes of television at the time. Yeah. I mean, you'd be watching these shows and you're like, okay, this has got to be a two-parter. Right. You know, because you're, you're you're looking at the time, and it's like, okay, it's got like seven minutes left, but there's like more stuff that's going on, and then they would just so cleverly wrap it all up. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just... They're incredible. I mean, anyway. I, I just, we did an episode where we talked about the, it's called, the episode called um, Das Bus, the Lord of the Flies episode where they're, like, on the island, and it's, there's, like, 40 seconds left of the episode, and they're still on the island, and you know that, you know, they've got to wrap it up. But what I love yeah. about that episode is how they wrap it up is they just have James Earl Jones do a, a narration, and he goes, uh, yeah, and then, you know, they were saved and taken off the island by Mo. Let's say Mo. <laughs> like, that's how the episode ends. <laughs> it's so funny. It, like, plays well as a joke, but it also does the job of wrapping it up. Well, what also made me laugh about that particular episode was Otto on the bus from the bus <laughs> in, yeah. in the ocean. And the yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. I remember laughing about that with you for like days. <laughs> and like I was a kid and barely understood why it was so funny. But I think I understood enough to go, that's such a funny, like, last thing to say before you die. <laughs> well, that was the thing that you and, and, and your sister and I always uh, had fun laughing at. And, um, the obscure stuff that we would look at things and, and look at that. Like I remember driving in the car when you were little, with, and I think there was some some tension recently. I mean, right before that, I don't know. I I, I yelled at you guys for something or something. I don't <laughs> no. know. And then there was a spider on the window, and I turned on the windshield wipers and went <laughs> like it was riding riding the wiper blades. I remember that. But also when we were <laughs> when we were at the um, um, walking to the Burbank Mall, uh -huh. and then we saw that stroller in the trash I know. Can. So, so it created like what could have what could have. Um, I know you're was, walking what was now. The setup for that, like forget it, you're walking. Just like shoved the. <laughs> so we we like know. we like the jokes <laughs> in our family. We like the bits. You taught me. Uh, how to do bits like that at a very early age <laughs> and the value of that and the value of being silly and yeah making those little silly jokes <laughs> it's so good well life is boring <laughs> yeah I know so why, why well, it doesn't mean we have to be but uh, exactly, I used yeah. to love well you had a sense of humor such a uh, you, you and your sister both had such a great sense of humor too and obviously genetically from your mother and 
and her side of the family and, 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 and my side of the family as well. I mean, not only the artistic side in both the, 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 the genes for clearly for you and Katie, uh, incredible uh, yeah. artistry um, <laughs> that just magnified anything more that, that, that I could have or your mother could have uh. imagined. But, uh, but also, um, uh, yeah, you guys got, it's like uh, there's no physical way on the planet that the two of you could have been born, not with our two families. I know. I know, but, uh, I know. And I'm grateful for that. Um, uh, I used to love making you laugh because I would just love you. would always go, put <laughs> 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 your hand in front of your mouth. And I, just, I always loved doing that. Oh, I man. Yeah. Dad, anyway. do you remember making uh, like a mixtape, VHS tape of like season one Simpsons episodes for me and Katie? You oh, did. no, I don't. You did. That's funny, I don't. Yeah, I don't you remember. Put... I mean, I'm, I'm old. I'm 55 now. I know. <laughs> in dog years, you know. That's pretty high up. Yeah, um, you, you put, I remember you put the bowling episode on with her bowling instructor, because I remember we would quote um, the line oh, that he right. says where he describes brunch to her. There's a, there's a tendon in my heart. Yeah, yeah. Nobody else, but that line where he describes, like, uh, you know, like, let's go to brunch. It's like, what is brunch? It's like, oh, you'll get a little, you know, sausage. You'll get a little melon. Like, it, you you get this and this, but you get a good meal. Like, there's, like, some weird, there's, like, a staccato-ness to that line that somehow, yeah. like, kept in my well, mind. Just, and, yeah. It's just brilliant. I mean, when you look at uh, Brad Bird and uh, and I mean, look at The Incredibles. I still I think uh, it's one of my favorite. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say what your favorite is in the Pixar uh, uh, catalog because there's just so many incredible uh, films. There's no question about it. But uh, but when you look at the uh, the wit and the and the creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, of that of that movie. I mean, for a long time, it, it just, uh, that, yeah, I it's, mean, it's a it pretty flawless movie. Yeah, and I would say, oh. I mean, with heart and with the jokes and with the design style, you know, as we're doing oh, this yeah. Simpsons podcast, like, we're really learning more than we ever anticipated about how it's really a symphony of, like, the writing and the acting and the animation, which of course is so obvious when you're when you state it like that. But I think, you know, when you're watching it, you just assume it's magic, or you assume it's just the writing, or you assume it's just this, just that. But it's really a collaboration of all of these elements coming together that just enhance every single layer and make it really great. Oh yeah, I yeah. would agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah, it's and clearly look uh, the fact that it's. Probably the longest, clearly the longest running uh, primetime animation series. I mean, I think yeah. uh, the Flintstones was the only uh, primetime animation TV show yeah. back in the 60s. I think they were the only ones. Everything else was, you know, Saturday morning cartoons. Mm-hmm. But remember that? I mean, the Flintstones was like Bewitched, was like a sitcom that, that was aired at night. Right. And, uh, and I think the Simpsons uh, certainly... Uh, I mean, what what are we looking at? Fourteen, fifteen years? It's been twenty five years, Dad. <laughs> are you? Oh my gosh! No, they just. Had... Looking, you know what I'm, I'm thinking of? Yeah, hello. I'm thinking. I'm all. I'm thinking <laughs> of the seasons oh. and uh, and stuff. Yeah, uh, and it's still uh, going. When, in... when you see that, um, 
it's been 25 yeah. years on the air. Well, that's, that's why, why it makes sense, obviously. I know, it's crazy. But, like, that's why they had that Simpsons take the bowl thing, um, big celebration. And, um, yeah, they just got greenlit for three more seasons. <laughs> which is just, three more? Yeah, which just, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, it's one of those. Now, you said, I'm sorry for interrupting. Oh, no. Graining is back? I think, well, I don't know what his role is. I mean, he, I think he's always been there. <laughs> I think he's always been sort of, you know, in the room. Um, but I don't. Like Spielberg with his Jurassic Park stuff. It's like, I'm not directing him, but it's still got my. Yeah, yeah, I don't know kind of the nitty-gritty of their roles on it, but, yeah, he's he's there. He's hanging out. Um, but uh, I know Harry Shearer said that he might not come back to the show, and that's been the big stir-up recently because, you know, people are sort of now analyzing what can The Simpsons be without Harry Shearer, and he voices Ned Flanders, he voices Principal Skinner, Mr. Burns, you know, all these characters that are so iconic. Love and so Joy. Integral. Yeah. Flanders. Yeah, he does a lot. I mean, him and Hank do uh, just about everything that, that the other, that the family doesn't do. Right, right. You know, that the people that do the family don't do. I know that, like I said, Hank and him were, were certainly, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Julie Kavner and, and, and Dan Castaneda, and uh, I think Yardy Smith obviously just does Lisa, but uh, yeah. I know Nancy Cartwright, I think, does not only Bart, but Millhouse, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she, well, no, she doesn't do Millhouse, but she does Nelson, I think, and she does a couple other oh. characters. Oh, I, 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 for some reason, I have the impression she did Millhouse as well. Who, did, who does Millhouse? Um, let me look it up. Cass McNeil or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm see. just throwing Pamela out names Hayden. that popped into my head from the last time I watched. Pamela Hayden. Pardon? Pamela Hayden. Oh, there you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah, that name sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. Isn't there a Tess McNeil, a Tess McNeil? Is like, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Let me look at it. Like <laughs> <laughs> you know, people are going to be so curious when they listen to this. With these people's careers. I know. I know, like right? That it boils down to... Studio executives that just don't care. Oh, they're just sheep. They're just... No. You know, they're, they're minions so, yeah, there is my work. <laughs> Tress McNeil <laughs> does Lunch Lady Doris and a bunch of different uh, characters. Um, yeah. 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 Agnes Skinner. Um, all these all these different characters. Um, and I don't know if I told you, Dad, but recently I got to attend a, a table read of The Simpsons. No, I, I told you I went to the final, uh, uh, the cliffhanger of Who Shot Mr. Burns, right? You didn't! <laughs> I don't Pardon? remember you ever telling me that. That's you don't crazy. remember me telling you? I don't remember. Oh, <laughs> Maybe gosh. you told me when you I was young I, and, I, and I like, you know, a teenager. I my head because <laughs> I had a script. Now, it wasn't autographed, but they, you know, when I walked in there, Hank got me in because I got him, you know, helped him out with traffic school. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he he got me. Uh, um, he went. He said, "Look, um, they, they work two days a week. They do a table read, and then they go in the studio." And he said, "The studio is boring, you know, because it's just retake after retake and that kind of stuff." He said, "But you wanted to come to a table read, so he invited me, uh, you know, to the Fox lot, and I went in there." And there's, you know, they're sitting, as you know, I don't know if it's the same, but this was, you know, many, many years ago, obviously. They're sitting at a table, uh, and they're all around the table, uh, the actors, and uh, Craning's there, and Brooks, and all that stuff. And then there's outside 
out, you know, up against along the wall chairs, and each chair had a script. And they said, help yourself and grab one. And I sat and followed along, and it was the cliffhanger of, oh, you wow. know, part one of uh, the season ender of that particular year of Who Shot Mr. Burns. And I just, it was great to listen to, you know, you know, uh, Harry and, and Hank and, and Dan and uh, uh, Julie and, and Yardley and everybody uh, go through all the voices yeah. and stuff. And it was, yeah, it was, it was an amazing event. And, okay. and like an idiot, I had, had I put the script in my car, and I have no idea to this day what mm-hmm. happened. If it, I, it, I try, it probably got thrown out, which, you know, what would have been cool if I thought about it was ask, you know, some of the you know, the people that could, that could sign it. Especially that particular and, script. I mean, that episode really, I think, changed the game for The Simpsons in a big way because that was the... I, to my knowledge, the only two-parter episode of The Simpsons. Really? Yeah. Well, I think of course, that's what it, was a, it, was a, it was a parody of the uh, of Who the, Shot the Jr. Yeah. Obviously, that's you know, which was you know a, a Goliath show, you know. So. Yeah. 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 yeah so, oh man. But, yeah, I got was to it go. Was the same for you as far as the the setup of yeah, how that works? A little different, but, um, I mean, a little different in the way that, like, you walk in. It's the same room, I'm pretty sure. Maybe it's been, you know, refurbished over the years. But um, it's on the Fox lot, and you show up, and there's, like, a bunch of snack foods. And I was way too terrified to take any. And, and, uh, you know, Matt Groening's sort of, like, wandering around and, you know, saying hi to people and being nice. And it's, it's really surreal. And then you go in, and they've already got all the scripts laid out, and they um, have all the names of the guests on there. So I had to find my name and sit at that point. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so it was very official. And Did you get a script? I did get a script, yeah. It was great. And it was, so I think it was like um, about a month ago. And just to sit there and see all the voice actors go through it in, in front of me, I mean, you know, it's everything that people describe. It's it's so surreal. It's so bizarre. But then I think really like the most insane part of that process is um, understanding how many different characters, how many different iconic characters like Nelson, like Lunch Lady Doors, like Agnes Skinner um, are voiced by people that would, you would never expect. And, or you, you don't fully understand until you're sitting there and watching these people go through the different characters, how many characters they actually do stuff like that yeah yeah i mean i think that uh, yeah yeah like i didn't know that dan castellanetta did did castellanetta <laughs> tongue twister of a last name uh-huh. that does uh barney as well oh as, yeah that makes sense and though he does barney and he does uh you know grandpa yeah uh, and as well but uh but then yeah watching uh, Julie Kavner not only do Marge, but, you know, Patty and Selma, and then, yeah. uh, you know, of course, watching Hank and, and, uh, and, and, uh, Harry, you yeah. know, go through all their litany of, of voices as well, which was, was also telling to me was them laughing, because right. obviously it was, you know, the first time that they sat together and bounced it off each other, I mean, obviously they, they read the script, I would imagine, before they walked into the room, right. maybe not, I don't know, maybe at this point, they, 
When you're, uh, when you're, you know, when you've reached a certain point in your career, you can just, <laughs> you're like, beckon me when the next uh, script is hot off the presses. I dare not read it. <laughs> yeah. <Just> kidding. <laughs> I, I mean, who knows what their process is right. at this point, after 25 years.
coasting along feeling great. You know, he's got a pretty cool best friend in Bart, you know. Um, his dad was yeah. a big wheel at the Cracker Factory. And, um, That's right. you know, he's, uh, he's, he's doing all right sometimes. It really depends per episode, like, what they need him as, like, a utility <laughs> for, like, the main story. Yeah. But, but, yeah, Millhouse is not as sad as I think people tell, give him credit as being sad. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. So I, I couldn't, yeah, I never, you caught me by surprise. I'm oh, really sorry. We need to stop doing no, that. No, no, people no, have no, said it, that. That's, it's, a, it's a great thing, probably, because it's real. Yeah. Yeah, none of this pre-interview bull crap. <laughs> like, like they do, like they do on like do, late yeah, night talk like shows. Letterman and some yeah. Yeah. No, we want the real stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got it. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for talking to me, Dad, about this. Um, no problem. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Yeah, I hope you have a really good Father's Day. Thank you very much, and I look forward to Tuesday night. Yeah. <laughs> now everyone listening right, is going to be you. like, let's go where they are Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon, Dad. Okay, too. I love okay. you. Okay. I love you. Okay. Bye. Bye.